page turners. This is Paige, obviously. I think I've made that abundantly clear at this point. Um, and also, I just want to shout out my PE teacher from high school, Mr. Blatt. He gave me this name, and he called me it every day. And I just thought it, what a perfect name for my new podcast. So here we are. And you know, this podcast, we're going to be covering a lot of different things, a lot of different topics. And, you know, I <laughs> I really have no idea what it's going to look like or what it's going to turn out to be or what it's going to flourish into. So I hope you'll stick with me and maybe we can have some opening conversations and some new perspectives and we can heal from the inside out, mind, body, and spirit. So I'm just hoping to maybe give a new perspective on hard topics that not many people want to talk about and they're uncomfortable and some are scary like today's topic. So, you know, just stick with me and we'll see what it, how it goes what it turns into. So today we have a tougher topic for people and I thought no better topic to start on than one that affects so many of us on so many different levels at all different ages and situations and that is anxiety. And even saying that word brings people anxiety which I completely understand from my own experience. So but first off, I just want to give an overview for maybe people that are listening that don't personally have this, or maybe they don't know the word of what the feelings that they're feeling are. So first, the definition of anxiety is a feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. It might cause you to sweat, feel restless and tense, and have a rapid heartbeat. And it can be a normal reaction to stress, but when it's not triggered by stress or it's triggered by something that we aren't aware of, it can be extremely overwhelming and very scary. And I don't think there's proper words to really explain just how scary anxiety is for someone that doesn't, that hasn't experienced it or isn't in it in that moment. So, and also that definition is from the National Institute of um, Mental Health. Um, so, and also, I do have a degree in psychology. I'm not claiming to be a doctor or anything like that. So any advice or information I give, just know that I am not a licensed doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist. I do have a background in psychology. Um, so I base it off of that and other research that I've done. I'm so much, somewhat of a psychology nut at this point. So anyway, so what, what is anxiety? What the heck? Why, why does it matter? And according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, 18% of our population over 18 years old have anxiety. That is one in five of us. And that's based on a survey. And those numbers could be way more inflated in reality. So, and out of that one in five, only about 37% seek treatment. And that is staggering to me, considering how anxiety is treatable and it can be, but it's so scary when you have anxiety that it gets to a point where you don't think anything can help, nothing can fix this. And out of that 18% um, that have anxiety with 
18 and over, four out of 100 of those people have severe anxiety disorder. And with that, people with anxiety are three to five times more likely to visit the doctor's office and are six times more likely to be hospitalized than people without anxiety. And from my own personal experience, when you're experiencing anxiety, there's times where I've thought, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. I need to go to the ER right now. And it is overwhelming. And it feels like this can't possibly be only mental. This can't possibly be just an emotion or just something I'm feeling. This has to be a heart attack. There has to be something wrong. Like your brain is just frantically searching for what the heck is happening and there's no answers. And that's why people get so discouraged around anxiety because it feels impossible. And it really does. There's no better way to put it in my mind. It, it feels impossible. And the things that trigger anxiety are very broad, which makes it even more difficult to really nail down why someone's experiencing these things. And these triggers can include past experiences, maybe trauma. Um, I find that my personally, my anxiety was coming from childhood and it was traumas that were really small that I didn't think really could affect me in my adulthood. And that's what the hard part is, is these triggers can be so small that we look over them and we're like, no, that can't possibly be. But for me personally, it was my grandmother passing away when I was seven. And I had no idea how deeply that was for me. That triggered so much fear and anxiety in my life throughout my early early adulthood and now into my 20s. And I never gave it the proper time and attention it needed for me to heal. And that developed into serious anxiety. And so that is just my personal experience for an example. But it can be traumas from any point in life, current traumas, past traumas, current life situations, such as financial situations, big changes. If you moved, if family members passed away or a divorce, anything like that. Um, There's physical and mental health. Like if you have ailing health, that can trigger anxiety. Physical health and feeling like you're out of control of what's going on with you can trigger anxiety easily. And also addiction. And addiction's a hard one because anxiety can be triggered by addiction and addiction can be triggered by anxiety. So sometimes it's hard to know which one started. And so we'll go into that a little bit later, but generational trauma is one thing that I want to bring up. And there hasn't been much research around this, but I think Um, it's something that I may dive into in another episode because generational trauma is something that possibly something might've happened to your mother or your father or your grandfather or something like that. And that trauma, if it's not healed, can go down through generations, whether that's situational, (laughs) it can honestly be anything there. I can't even think of a good example right now, but you know, if your mom went through a tremendous trauma as a child and she was never healed, she could act certain ways towards people in her life that kind of just make that trauma go down through generations. But anywho, I'll go into that further in another episode. It's kind of an ambiguous term now. It hasn't really been looked into, but trauma in general is one of the biggest 
triggers for anxiety and it can be trauma of any kinds. And I want to make this abundantly clear that trauma can be anything big or small. It is trauma and that's okay. And everyone here listening needs to give the proper awareness to their trauma and stop saying, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as theirs, or I should really get over it because it wasn't as bad as what other people are going through. No, your trauma is your trauma. And that is for you. That is yours. And take ownership of that. Because if you don't heal and you just push it under the rug saying, oh, I need to get over it, it's going to get worse and it will fester. And so please just give it the time of day it deserves and don't just push it away thinking that you need to be stronger and it's not something that deserves that attention because it does. It really does. And so if we touch more on addiction and anxiety, this is a huge point that I find is overlooked a lot of the time. And um, so with that, 20% of people with anxiety have a substance abuse addiction. So again, one in five people with anxiety have a substance abuse addiction. And with that, like I said, anxiety cause, can cause addiction and addiction can cause anxiety. So it's hard to know which one started. It's like the chicken or the egg, which one was there first. But either way, regardless, it starts a vicious cycle. So you have anxiety, you're using alcohol, etc., to fix your anxiety. It's going to come full circle. Your alcohol is going to cause anxiety when you wake up in the morning. Drinking more is going to cause anxiety. It's just, it's hard to get out of it because you're so scared all the time. And then the anxiety eventually becomes overwhelming and you don't know what to do. And that's why this is such an important topic. And um, so there's two types of anxiety that I want to talk about. And that is social anxiety disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. And social anxiety disorder and this is from the Journal of Mental Health. People with, people call it SAD disorder, social anxiety disorder is SAD. So SAD individuals are two to three times more likely to abuse an alcohol. So abusing alcohol, when you're drunk, when you're drinking, alcohol triggers GABA, neuro, neurotransmitters in your brain. And that creates dopamine dumps in your brain as well as serotonin and more GABA. And those make you feel good. And dopamine, serotonin, GABA, those make you feel good. And that's why it's so easy to fall into, into addictions when you have anxiety because you just want to feel better. You just want it to stop. You just want your brain to stop. And... But the issue is, over time, the more you drink, the more you abuse substances, whatever it may be, I don't want to just focus on alcohol here, because it can be anything. It desensitizes these receptors when you're sober, and then your brain is trying to get back to its normal state, and we're pretty much just messing with our whole chemical balance in our brain at that point, and that increases stress and anxiety, and stress is hand in hand with anxiety people. And so that's just something I want to make abundantly clear is that when we use substances to cure, cure, quote unquote, 
our anxiety, we're literally perpetuating our problem and it will, it will just get worse. So with that, um, just keep that in mind. Personally, my personal experience with addiction is I was in a really crappy um, relationship. And I don't want to say the other person was crappy. They, We both had our own issues and it was a bad situation for both of us because we both needed to heal in a lot of different ways. And um, I was a chronic user of marijuana. And I don't want to say that marijuana is a bad drug because I know for a fact that it helps thousands and thousands of people with various things physically and mentally. And, but every single day I would smoke to the point where I was out of this world. I did not want to be in my brain. I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to remember that I had anxiety at the end of the day, but then (laughs) since I ignored it for so long, eventually marijuana caused anxiety for me. And that was the point where I was like, oh crap, I figured it out and I made it worse in the meantime. So just really look at yourself. If you feel like you're dependent on a substance, just give yourself some grace and just look at it from an outside perspective because you're not broken and you're human and it doesn't make you weak. And it's something we all go through. And regardless of if the statistics say one in five, I think it's about 100%. At this point, we just all call it different things. So keep that in mind. And also, I want to go over the symptoms of anxiety because I feel like there's so many different symptoms that we can't possibly all have the same ones and we're all different. And personally, my symptoms are physical at this point. They used to be a lot more mental, but I just want to list off the physical symptoms of anxiety. And those include tingling, tingling in your fingers and toes or all over your body, chest pain, muscle knots, shaking, trembling, difficulty breathing, pounding heart, weakness, hyperactivity, anger, irritability, stomach pains, sweating, or just random pains around your body. And when you feel these symptoms and you have anxiety, these are scary. And I just want to say that again. These are scary. There's no joke when this stuff happens. Because when you're feeling chest pains and you have anxiety, you think for damn sure you are having a heart attack. And when you're le- and then you Google your symptoms and you say, why is my left hand tingly? And everything's either saying you had a stroke or you're currently having a heart attack. And that's why, please don't Google your symptoms when you have anxiety, because you will just make it worse. I promise. Don't Google your symptoms. But I think the ones that are looked over a lot are muscle knots and chest pain and pounding heart and difficulty breathing. And... I just actually went through difficulty breathing recently and it was never a symptom I had had. And that's why I just want to also say that your symptoms can change over time. They're never going to be the same. And that's why you just need to be overly aware of all of these things and what can happen and not just rushing to the hospital saying, oh, I'm having a heart attack or I'm this and that and the other. And this year, especially with COVID, 
um, I had had COVID in November and I had all the symptoms, all of that got better eventually. And I realized that it triggered a lot of anxiety for me as it has for a lot of people, if you've had COVID or not. So I found myself, I had such a tight chest and I felt like I couldn't get a, a satisfying breath. I was taking all these deep breaths all the time and I just felt like I I couldn't breathe. And it, it wasn't alarming. It was, but I knew on a certain level, just the inner work I had done over time, that it was probably something mental. And But I did go to the doctor, which I highly recommend. If you have symptoms like this, it is really nice to go to the doctor just so they can listen to your heart and your lungs and say, hey, no, you are healthy. Your heart is healthy. Your lungs work. And that's at that point, you can at least say that to your brain and just say, hey, I don't need to worry if I'm having a heart attack. The doctor said this. I don't need to worry about if I can't breathe. My lungs are healthy. And that kind of just takes the edge off a little bit. It doesn't fix it. And it does for some, but for me, that didn't fix it. And I knew I had more inner work to do. And eventually we did an EKG at the doctor and listened to my lungs and all that. I'm healthy. And then I figured out, wow, that situation where I had COVID triggered a lot of stress for me. And I did not give it the time of day that it deserved. And I did not heal myself from that. And so eventually I sat down, I meditated more, I worked on my heart chakra, which I will go over the chakras in another episode. And I realized I just, I had this block within me that I was so scared of what was going on in the world and all this stress around us. It affected me way more than I ever thought. And so I just want people to understand that you need to give the time of day to the things that happen to you. And daily processing of what we go through is so important to us being healthy and happy. But now going over to the mental side, which is also extremely scary, is racing thoughts, worry, irrational beliefs, and worry, again, is constant. And these things, it's funny the way anxiety works, because anxiety is not funny, but people can have only physical symptoms, they can have only mental symptoms, or they can have both. And for me now, I've conquered my mind in a way where I only get physical symptoms at this point. So when I was having those chest pains and that chest tightness, it was so alarming because my brain was fine. I was not having anxiety in my head. And that's why it was so confusing to me and why I ended up going to the doctor because I'm like, I'm not, I don't have anxiety. I don't I don't know what this is, but eventually I sat down and meditated and I realized, oh yeah, I have anxiety right now and that's okay. And you have to admit that to yourself. And you also have to figure out how to pick those irrational thoughts that you have and challenge them in a graceful, kind way. Because, you know, those people in your mind, if you want to call them people, I, I always think of my mind as kind of a another being where I just have to talk kind to myself and I have to say, hey, that's not true. Or if I think, you know, oh, if I, if I try this new podcast, I'm totally going to fail. Hey, that's not true. I could fail, but what's the worst that could happen? You know, challenge those rational thoughts. And honestly, 
it's just something you have to get used to because it is a part of being human. Anxiety is a part of being human and it's also something we've evolved to do in order to survive. And that's what I want to make clear as well is anxiety isn't bad. It keeps us safe. But when it's debilitating and it keeps us from living our daily life, that's when we need to find help and we need to self-help. And I want to talk about that and why more people don't get help. And when you're fighting a mental illness, it, again, it feels impossible. It feels like there's nothing you can do to make it better. And it's just like that. And honestly, I believe that's one of the main reasons our suicide rate is so high. And that's so sad to me because there's so much help out there. And I feel like if we push that more, more people can heal. And according to Psychology Today in 2018, roughly 70% of people don't get help. And that is alarming. We need to make it more, we need to make it easier to get help and more acceptable to admit we have issues and we need help because that does not make us weak. We are not weak-minded for having anxiety ever. If anything, people dealing with anxiety are a hell of a lot stronger than most. And I firmly believe that. And I just labeled a few reasons here why people don't get help. And that's stigma around mental health, which I know is less than it was, but it's still there. People feel shame. They feel weak-minded. They feel like they aren't tough, aren't strong, aren't, aren't, aren't all these things. They are not blank, blank, blank. And people feel overwhelmed. Because when you feel good and you finally have a space to think and you don't have anxiety for a few hours or a day or a minute, you don't want to think about it. You don't want to think, oh, I need to go get help. I need to find a therapist that can help me with these things. You know, and that's overwhelming to think about it. And that might even trigger anxiety again to think about finding help and admitting that you have a problem. So, and those are perceived barriers as well. Anxiety will give you barriers that aren't even real. And again, irrational thoughts, irrational beliefs, challenge those. And number four is not knowing where to go. People don't know where to get help sometimes. And it's easy, just it sounds easy when you don't have anxiety, but some people, honestly, when they're in that space, they don't know where to go to get help. And along with that, insurance, finances, and time. Those are big deals in the world we live in today. We live in a fast-paced capitalist society, and that sucks. And that makes it so hard for people to find help, especially with finances. Insurance sucks. I hate it. I hate nothing more than insurance. And time. We all have to work. We all have to make a living. And I promise you, if you just find that hour, that time, these online places to go for all of this, it will help you so much. And just a Google search, even if you're suffering from these things, it just start the journey and tell yourself, Hey, I am not weak minded. And one quote that I found, especially, um, I don't know, cool that I heard the other day, it's by Kimberly Johnson. It's from the journal of general internal medicine. Um, greater spiritual well-being, including both beliefs about the role of faith and illness and meaning and purpose in life, were associated with fewer symptoms, fewer symptoms of anxiety and depression. So 
that's why I wanted to talk about this on this podcast, because a lot of people that have anxiety are out of touch with their spirituality. And I don't want to use the word religion. I don't want to say, oh, you need to pick a religion and stick with it. I mean, your own spiritual well-being, you personally. I don't mean go talk to your priest. I don't mean go join a Mormon church or whatever. And I'm not talking bad about Mormons. Sorry. (laughs) I'm just giving it as an example. Because for me, it's a personal thing. I meditate. I connect with my guides. I feel the energy around me. I heal my energy. I work on my chakras. I self-help. And I want to talk about a few ways that we can work to feel better on this. And number one, always, always seek help. Get a therapist or a counselor. Talk to your family, your friends. Number two, talk about it. Talking about it is scary as hell. And you know, when I first had anxiety, mine was all surrounded by a fear of death and dying. And that was from my grandma dying at such a young age. And I will cover that in another episode as well. Just that whole topic. And I felt terrified to bring it up because I'm like, man, if I bring up this topic to anybody, they're going to have anxiety too. And I would never want to give this to somebody, you know, that's not true. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a funny thing for me to talk about now, but it was not funny at the time and it was scary as hell. And I'm pretty sure I even whispered to my therapist why I was having anxiety because I didn't want her to freak out and it made her laugh a little, but you know, it's, It's perceived beliefs and it's irrational is what it is. Anxiety is irrational. That brings me to number three, which is seek and figure out what your triggers are. Because I promise your anxiety has a trigger. And that could be traumas or anything that I had mentioned earlier, you know, current situations, past traumas, anything. And nothing is insignificant. Do not minimize your traumas and your triggers. Number f- And the next one is give yourself permission and grace. Give yourself grace and forgiveness. Don't be angry at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Do not. And the next one is connect with a higher strength, whether that's God, Buddha, the energy in this world, anything. Your God could be a monkey for all I care. Connect with something bigger than yourself. Because, you know, religion is a big deal. Spirituality is a big deal. And that looks different for every human on this earth, which I will also be covering in another episode. (laughs) Um, You know, learn to breathe. Breath. You came into this world and you breathe. Last thing you do when you leave this world is breathe. Focus on your breath and cultivate your relationship with your breathing. And with that is affirmations and connecting with your intuition. Those irrational beliefs that we have on the inside are all tied to irrational beliefs and affirmations such as I am strong, trust, I trust myself, I am stable, I am smart. Repeat those to yourself. Find what works because it it takes time to take that those subconscious beliefs to change them. And I promise you, your brain will listen. Also, I will be covering affirmations in another episode. Um, The next ones are meditation and moving your body. You got to move. You need to get that energy out and you need to meditate and connect. Get in there. 
and I promise you it will be scary as hell the first time you sit down and close your eyes. Because it's scary in there. If you don't have a relationship with your mind and your spirituality and your ultimate soul, your anxiety is screaming at you to connect with yourself. And that is scary. You know, and honestly, we have to listen to our anxiety because if you keep fighting it, it will just yell louder and louder and louder. And your anxiety is ultimately here to help. And it wants to tell you things that it deems important. And the longer you don't listen, the harder it will get. And I promise you, the moment you start listening and the moment you start giving grace to yourself and you find your triggers and you make them significant and you give yourself that time and space, healing will start. And that's something I want to expand upon later. And just really listen, listen to yourself, sit down, close your eyes, listen, talk, sit down with a therapist and therapist, you might sit there and be the only one talking the whole time, but a therapist's job is to take that knotted up ball of yarn in your head and make it a straight line so you can understand what the hell is going on. And that's what my therapist does for me. I talk the entire time and, you know, she asked me why she's even there because I usually figure it out for myself. But you know what helps? Someone sitting there and understanding what I'm going through and helping me get those knots out and giving it a straight line and path for me to heal. So with that, I hope this was helpful and I'm going to expand upon this later on in more episodes, but that's a big topic and it's something a lot, all of us suffer, suffer from. So Again, give yourself grace, give yourself permission, and listen to yourself. And I hope to see you here next week. Or, I mean, I hope you listen to me next week, I guess. But thanks for listening, Page Turners. See you next time. Bye.